0: Welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Chanoff, and today is all about photography, courtesy of one of my personal favorite Barefoot Contessa supporting characters, Miguel. Can't wait to get into that. I love when Miguel pops up. I think this is actually the reason I picked this episode, because I was... Every week I kind of scroll through and see what, you know, it's kind of like Ina at the farmer's market. She's like, I just get inspired by whatever I see in front of me. And sometimes I'll, you know, the title will be of an episode will be enticing. And then I play, you know, I just see what she's making and I'm not into it. But then I saw this episode and, you know, it's Miguel, it's flowers. He's taking pictures of the garden and there's some good stuff on the menu. And I was like, sold. But before we get into that, how is everyone is everyone getting into the holiday spirit? Or maybe not. <laughs> I was at I was at Old Navy the other day. Um, there was a sale. I mean, I don't know if it's still going on, but there was this random rack of pants, like jeans, I guess, to be more specific. But it was like jeans and khakis and like gray pants in the front, at least for men. I walked in and they were all $12. I was like, what? And I don't know why they were that price, but I bought three pair. And then I bought a scarf for 60% off. It was a great day. Um, but I was in line, uh, like, at the cashier. And, you know, at Old Navy, everyone's just kind of, like, squished together at the cashiers. And the guy next to me who... The cashier asked the the mom. She was like... Or he said, do you have any plans for the holidays? And she was like, huh, surviving them? And we all, like, kind of chuckled. And she's like... what she, she added to that sentence. She said, surviving them without killing my kids or my husband? And, like, she was half-joking but mostly serious. And, um... I mean, moms, hang in there. I know it's. I I just remember. I know how much moms work to make Christmas happen, and whoever you're making Christmas for this year, know that we do appreciate it. Even though, as a kid, I was probably just an annoying kid who wanted toys, and my mom was just doing her very best to keep it all together. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of where this mom was too. And then I was walking out of the store, and she was like on her cell phone and she was like, can you please tell your father to call me back? And she like walked to her car and I was like, yikes. Um, so yeah, I hope everyone's doing well mentally and and hanging in there. It's the home stretch. We have about, I don't know, less than two weeks until Christmas. So there's that. Um, What else? Oh, I also saw, I want to make this known because I'm just, I'm telling everyone that I see on the street or otherwise that I saw the West Side Story remake over the weekend and it was so good. I can't even tell you. And I know West Side Story is not without flaw, like even the 1961 version, you know, a bunch of white people playing Puerto Ricans. It does not work. Um, But I still love that movie a lot. So it's very complicated emotions and I do feel they really made an honest effort to make to, you know, to write the wrongs in this version of it. They really punched up the script a lot, um, so much so that like even minor characters like really had a lot of like layers and nuance. So I was I was a big fan of that. I am I'm am a West Side Story super fan. I, it's my favorite musical. It's my favorite movie. I just can't get enough of it. So I I plan on seeing it more than once, but, um, I just, I can't recommend it enough. I feel like it's such a great holiday movie. You know, the dancing, the costumes, the music, the performances, it is a slam dunk. I think Steven Spielberg should make like 12 more movie musicals. If this is like what we're going to get, I am just so jazzed by it. So, um, And I'll be doing an episode on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, where my co-host Colin Drucker and I, every week we just sort of, you know, we queen out on our favorite ladies in supporting roles. And we will definitely be talking about Miss Ariana DeBose as Anita, and the original Anita, Queen Rita Moreno, who is just, oh, she just turned 90 years old. She's, oh my god, I love her so much. And I saw West Side Story on her 90th birthday, so I was just like really feeling myself that day it was just like it was a great day and it's a great movie go see west side story everyone do yourselves a favor it is only in theaters i know it's not so fun to like think about going into a movie theater but i i i've really only seen like two movies um you know recently every everything's streaming so but this one is i i Would recommend seeing it on the big screen. Um, what else? Oh, Keon pointed out, this is a note that I wrote down, like, last week, because Keon was a guest, wasn't he so adorable? It was so nice to have him on the podcast, um, but he he was, he was pointing something out after we recorded, you know how, in all the Thanksgiving episodes, I was like, where the hell is Jeffrey? This is crazy that he would be missing Thanksgiving, because Ina says, like, it doesn't happen that often, but sometimes he does miss Thanksgiving, and I was like, all right, I'll forgive him once. And then I, I, I covered another Thanksgiving episode this holiday season, and he wasn't in that one either. And I was like, what's going on? But Keon made like such a an obvious point that like they're not recording these episodes on Thanksgiving Day. They're recording them probably like in June, <laughs> let alone like Thanksgiving. So it makes perfect sense that Jeffrey would not be there because they're probably done during the weekday in some random month that it, or in some random day obviously that is not thanksgiving so we solved the mystery frankly i'm surprised you listeners didn't uh, tell me about it but i guess you were being kind which i appreciate but i've been so upset with jeffrey all this time for you know for no good reason i well, i guess the only reason being that i don't have a brain <laughs> sometimes i do but uh, i don't know why i couldn't put that timeline together but anyway uh let's get into this let's do this episode this is season 8 episode 9 and it is called photo finish so Ina begins My friend Miguel Flores Viana and I have worked together for years he's a respected magazine editor and now he's decided to become a photographer and he's very good He's coming today to photograph my garden I think I'll make him lunch and maybe something beautiful to photograph I'll make him an easy and colorful lemon fusilli with arugula followed by his favorite plum cake tartan and for photographing roasted tomatoes with fresh basil from my garden and for dinner tonight I think I'll make a salad with basil green goddess dressing with Miguel behind the lens I better be sure that these recipes are ready for their (laughs) close-ups and I will say that I mean I love where Ina stands during all of her like opening monologues and this one is like there's like a bush right in front of her. She's like in the heart of the garden, but it's actually really beautiful the way they staged it. Um, and when she says, when she delivers the line, and he's very good, her eyes like bulge out of her head like the cartoons. It was really cute. Um, all right, let's get into it. Miguel, he's coming up soon, but before we get there, Ina's gonna start on her plum cake tartan. And this is her take on a tart. This <laughs> sounds like, this is like a tongue twister. So the, she said, This is my take on a tart tartan that's traditionally made with apples. So there's plum cake tartan, and then there's tart (laughs) tartan, which is, uh, I don't know. It's too much for me. So um, we're just going to say plum cake for the rest of the episode, I think. Uh, So she starts by making a caramel with a cup of sugar and three quarters of a cup of water. And she cuts the plums in half and then takes out the pits. I think I've talked about plums before. I do love a good plum. I love them when they're like, Perfectly in season. I feel like she said something like, I don't know, like late fall or late summer, early fall or something is when the like the plums are really good. She's using um, Italian prune plums, which I've never heard of. Again, I didn't know that there were kind of different kinds of plums, but I I guess, you know, it makes sense. So after she slices up the plums, she adds them to a buttered pie pan cut side down in a decorative fashion. Um, but this time the caramel is ready to be poured all over the plums and she doesn't let it cool either. She just like goes for it. It starts to sizzle. And then Ina says, why is Miguel out in the garden? He should be photographing this because it was kind of a cool, like sort of reaction. Cause it's, you know, the hot caramel is going to sort of start cooking those plums. It was, it was funny. Uh, so cut to Miguel, speaking of him, thoughtfully taking some photos in the garden. You know, he has like the full tripod. It's not just like a dinky, you know, digital camera. He's really going for it, as Miguel would. And uh, he also has that thing that you hold when you, like, take a photo. Like, like, like the sort of old-timey things with, like, the button on it, which was really cool. I thought that was, like, chic. Um, he's wearing khaki pants, a chestnut brown blazer, and pink dress shirt. He's always looking chic and professional. Um, I feel like he's always wearing some sort of pink as well, too, which I also appreciate. Um, so while Miguel snaps away... Ina continues with her plum cake quite literally she's onto the cake portion of all this so she creams some sugar and butter together in the standing mixer and then she adds two extra large eggs I use extra large eggs and then she adds those one at a time of course and then grates half a teaspoon of lemon zest I love this I think this is like a great idea to have you know the bite of the lemon cake with the plums I just I'm into this already and then she adds the zest of um, or she adds the zest into the mixer and then some good vanilla and she finishes off the wet ingredients with some sour cream and then it's off to the dry or the dry ingredients which are flour, baking powder, salt, nothing too exciting. And then she incorporates the dry to the wets and it comes together beautifully. She stops the misting, the misting. She stops the mixing just before it's combined and finishes off with a spatula because, uh, you know, reminds us that we don't want to beat it too much because it overdevelops the gluten in the cake, and she said it would become more like a bread, and I was like, oh my god, the stress. Um, So she spreads the batter over the plums, and honestly, I would eat the dessert just like this. We all know that I love a good batter. I love a good dough. I could just, ugh, I love this. So, She gives a um, a toss and she tosses that all in the oven, is what I'm trying to say. And now we get a quick backyard visit with Miguel because Ina needs some basil. And, you know, Miguel, the little scamp, decides to snap some photos of Ina. And, you know, she protests because she's not camera ready. She even says that, too. She's like, I'm not camera ready. And then there are like a few shots of Ina picking basil. It's like this. It's like a screenshot almost that like... It's just making the, the camera uh, feel like Miguel is taking the pictures. It's really cute. And she looks great. They're all like in black and white. And she's like throwing her head back and laughing. It's, um, you know, I mean, I understand some people just don't want their picture taken, but like they're really cute. So just go with it, Ina. So Ina has made it back to the kitchen for some roasted tomatoes with basil. Again, they are not my favorite thing unless there is something with it. And this is like the perfect version of that, I think. So she starts cutting up um, some plum tomatoes. She tells us that we can get them all year round, which is great, but, and she kind of like talks through her teeth as she says that she's like, but they really don't have a lot of flavor. So she scoops out to, in order to, I guess, infuse some flavor into these tomatoes. She scoops out the seeds and the core, which I actually do a lot. I hate when tomatoes just sort of, like the water content, with, like, the seeds and the goop sort of overwhelms or in, in ways, like, throws off the balance of what I'm trying to cook, I guess. So I am I am pro taking the seeds and everything out because it just becomes, like, a mess. Um, so I'm into that. She minces up some garlic and then sprinkles it on top of the tomatoes, which have been laid on a sheet pan. And then she drizzles some olive olive oil and balsamic vinegar on top. And then add some sugar on top of that and some salt and pepper. But I love this. I think this is like the exact way that I would want roasted tomatoes. I think like balsamic vinegar, sugar, yes, please. So then she throws them into the oven and tells us later she's going to sprinkle them with basil so that they'll be ready for their close-up. And then she takes out the plum cake um, and it looks beautiful. She says she has to let it sit before she does the official flip Um, Because it's kind of like a pineapple upside down cake of sorts. And then the tomatoes are taken out of the oven, which I felt like the time lapse between like the plum cake and the tomatoes are like she puts in the tomatoes, takes out the plum cake and then takes out the tomatoes again, which I don't know. It felt really like out of sorts for me. Like usually she'll she'll either say like, and I already have some ready or she'll put them in and say like, and while that's doing its thing, I'm going to go pick some more basil with Miguel. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, she juliennes some basil and then sprinkles it, uh, sprinkles it on top of the tomatoes and puts some coarse salt on top of it too. Um, and then she takes it out to the backyard and Miguel is, you know, at the ready with his camera and starts taking photos of the roasted tomatoes. So while Miguel is finishing up those photos, we go back in the kitchen and it is the moment of truth, as Ina puts it, as she flips the plum cake onto a plate and she says it's been sitting out for about 10 to 15 minutes so she runs a knife like around the edges because sometimes it's a little bit of a like a suction and it comes out perfectly and I feel like this is one of those desserts where you know on paper it really isn't that difficult but it looks like you spent all day on it if that makes sense it comes out so well she dusts it with some confectioner sugar for the last finishing touch and I just want to like I want to, like, bury my face in this cake, like, pie-eating style. You know what I mean? I've never done that with anything. I've always wanted to. Although I feel like, I mean, anyone out there who's ever eaten a pie or entered a pie-eating contest, I just feel like it would go up your nose, like, instantly. I would want, like, earplugs, but, like, up my nose. I don't know why that popped into my head. But, (laughs) um, you know, for whenever I eat or enter a pie-eating contest, you know, at the county fair, I'm wondering what kind of pie I would like to eat. I probably would want a blueberry pie because the blueberries are smaller. Um, I just feel like it's always some sort of like fruit pie, like cherry pie or apple pie or blueberry pie. I don't know. I would. I mean, I could probably down a pumpkin pie pretty quickly. Maybe I'll try that next year at Thanksgiving. My mom will be so proud. <laughs> um, so next up is lemon fazooli with broccoli. This recipe looks so good. I'm going to make this one day. I say that every episode and I never make anything, but uh, I'm just adding it to my mental list, I guess. So she chops up some broccoli and then throws it into a big pot of boiling water. And she says to keep it in for about three minutes, and then she's going to shock it later with some ice water. And then she adds a pound of fusilli into the water of another huge pot of boiling water. She has two big pots. I I don't, I'm, and the pots are huge. Like, I don't know where she keeps all this stuff, but, uh, you know, she has the space. So, while um, the broccoli is doing its thing and the pasta is doing its thing, she starts on the sauce, which is, you know, the best part of all this. So, it starts with a tablespoon of olive oil, some chopped garlic, and two cups of cream, the zest of two lemons, and then the juice of two lemons, uh, some salt, some pepper. She gives it a stir. And then gets to chopping some cherry tomatoes and uh, grating some parmesan which she uh, of course does in the food processor and by the time she is all done with that the pasta is ready and she pours it on top of the cooked broccoli and she pours the sauce over the pasta and the broccoli it is just uh, it's like pasta porn it looks like it's heavenly Uh, she sprinkles the freshly grated parmesan cheese and then adds, I, I'm going to say raw cherry tomatoes because they're not cooked. That she just like slice them? Because I feel like, and I'm I'm assuming this is meant to be served cold, but I don't know. But either way, I'm glad that the tomatoes are not roasted because I feel like it has a little, it gives it a little bit more, I don't know. It's it's not going to be like mushy. It's going to be like firm and plump. So I'm, I'm into this. Uh, I thought that was like such a great touch. And then she adds... Some fresh pieces of lemon, just like some slices. Uh, it's, it's crazy how good it looks. And then she says, but wait, there's more. A big handful of arugula, and the heat from the pasta sort of like wilts the arugula, so it's just, ugh, it's so perfect. So she puts it on this beautiful green platter, and then she gives it one final sprinkle of parmesan, as well as a few more pieces of lemon to just, to take it out to Miguel, So she is outside, she places the platter down, it looks picture perfect already. Uh, And this next part is strange to me, because Miguel immediately wants to take, like, photos of the food, and I actually thought that's what he was there for, but I guess, if I am thinking back to that intro, he was only there to take pictures of the garden, so Ina, you know, in a very loving way, she's like, no, 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 you can't take pictures of the food. It's, it's like strange, though, it's like she almost doesn't want the food to be photographed, even though it looks amazing. Um... Anyway, she gives like a heaping helping of the fusilli broccoli pasta extravaganza to Miguel, and then she cuts the plum cake up, and it looks even better like out in the daylight. It's like this deep, plummy, violet-purple color. It is just gorgeous in every way. Miguel says, oh, too bad about my diet, and then they just throw their heads back and laugh. <laughs> um, So... Miguel is done taking his photos, and it's time for Ina's dinner. I didn't know that, like, Miguel was not was going to leave. I thought he was going to stick around, but I guess, you know, he took his photos, had a fabulous lunch in the garden, and then, he, you know, he's on to the next thing. So Ina decided that she's going to make this uh, green goddess dressing, so she puts a cup of basil into the food processor, and then some scallions, and then a cup of mayonnaise. I'm sure I lost a lot of people when I said mayo, but um, I'm fine with it. And then uh, she adds a quarter cup of lemon juice, two cloves of garlic, some anchovy paste, and then salt and pepper. And she adds, after that too, I thought that was all that was, she was adding, but she adds one cup of sour cream for some richness. And then she pulls out a really cute plate. I feel like I've only seen them a couple times in these episodes. Because usually it's like white plates all day, every day in the garden household. But it had like really cute little flowers on it. So anyway. Um, she puts some Boston lettuce on it and a little bit of tomato, um, and lots of green goddess dressing and she gives it a taste and she says, this is my kind of dinner. So I, the next scene, the last scene, she eats in front of the computer and she's in Jeffrey's office. And I was like, oh, that's sad that she's like, I, cause I love, you know, I love like curling up on the couch and watching like some trashy TV or something like that. But she eats it in front of the computer because she received an email from Miguel. And it says, Dear Ina, the food looked fantastic and it tasted even better. And then uh, he sent some photographs and uh, she said, I can't wait to see them. And she she looks at the photos and she's like, wow, look at the tomatoes. Amazing. And the last picture is of her picking the basil, and she says, I guess the camera never lies, which I feel like is self-deprecating in a way, but it's a great picture of her. Like, I guess we're always our own worst critic. I just think she looks fabulous in every photo, and it's a really good photo. So, um, Ina, you look great. So I I think I need you to shush on that one. And speaking of shushing i don't know i'm trying to make like a good segue into the end of the episode i was gonna say and speaking of shushing myself i think it's time to go so anyway uh thank you again for listening if you want to follow the podcast on social media you can find it on instagram and twitter at good vanilla pod And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, that talks about best supporting actresses. Look out for our West Side Story episode uh, that comes out every Friday. And of course, that is with my lovely co-host, Colin Drucker. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.